The Structural Engineering Channel podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network, which can be found at cement.media. That's cement, C-E-M-E-N-T dot media. Welcome to this episode of the Structural Engineering Channel podcast, the podcast focused on helping structural engineering professionals stay up to date on technical trends in the field and to help them succeed in their careers and lives. In our previous episode, we talked to Matthew Corrales about low concrete strength and some of the methods used to test concrete strength. And in this episode, as a follow-up to that talk, we're going to be talking to Jake Davis, a scientist with extensive experience in clean environmental science and technology of Hilti Concrete Sensors in Hilti, North America. He's going to tell us more about the concrete testing technology, concrete sensors, and discuss the maturity method. I'm your co-host, Matt Picardle. I'm a licensed engineer at DCI Engineers, practicing on structural projects in California with an undergraduate degree from Cal Poly Pomona and a master's in structural engineering from UC San Diego. And I'm your co-host, Alexis Clark. I work in Hilti's North American headquarters as the product manager of our chemical anchoring portfolio in the U.S. and Canada. I'm a licensed professional engineer in Texas. I received my bachelor's in civil engineering from UT Austin, and I'm currently an MBA candidate at Auburn. Before we get started here, I would just like to remind you that February 21st through 27th is National Engineers Week. It's a great program focused on promoting the profession of engineering. The National Society of Professional Engineers, or NSPE, offers a wide breadth of resources on how you can help spread the word and get involved during eWeek. You can visit NSPE's website at discovere.org, that's D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R-E dot org, for more information. We encourage you to get out there and support Engineers Week. And now I'd like to introduce our guest for this episode, Jake Davis. Jake Davis is a research and development senior manager for Hilti Concrete Sensors in Hilti, North America. He's responsible for the development and oversight of the concrete testing laboratory, specifically for maturity testing. He also coordinates customer schedules for concrete mix design characteristics and performs overall research into new technologies for the construction industry. Prior to the acquisition of concrete sensors by Hilti, Jake was a former director of science and research for concrete sensors with over 15 years of materials characterization experience. Jake graduated from the State University of New York with a bachelor's degree in physics. He received his master's degree from Boston University in physics and also received his PhD from Boston University in materials, science, and engineering. Now let's jump into our conversation of the week. Jake, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. We briefly introduced you to our audience earlier on the show, but in your own words, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what it is you do on a daily basis as a part of Hilti Concrete Sensors? I guess I wear a bunch of hats. I'm in charge of a lot of the science that goes into our maturity sensors for concrete. And a big part of that is we have a concrete testing lab as part of the solution. 
Our lab's a little bit different than other concrete labs. A lot of what we do is we batch and test mixes at multiple temperatures. We're, we're actually closer to, to maybe a, a chemistry lab where we're trying to figure out how concretes react and behave at, at different temperatures. That's some of the nuts and bolts of, of what I do. So there's a lot of a coordinating with mix designs coming in, doing the testing, um, managing everything there. And a big part of this also is as... I'm sure we'll talk some more about maturity sensors and how uh, healthy concrete sensors fit in. What we're really trying to do is, is since concrete curing, it's, it's a chemical process. And as temperatures get higher, concrete will cure faster. As temperatures get colder, concrete cools more slowly. We're trying to really quantitatively figure out exactly how much faster or slower your concrete cures. It's dependent on all sorts of things, what the mix is, what chemicals are added, as well as the geometry of the structure you're born. I could keep going here, but um, all encompassing from the testing and then the science and trying to help customers and basically educate the industry. Jake, can you tell our listeners out there that aren't too familiar with concrete sensors a little bit more about what they are and how they work? Hilti concrete sensors. There's uh, a number of components that go into the whole system. First is we've got hardware. So these are uh, rugged wireless um, sensors. They're installed before the concrete's poured, and there's a few specific measurements that these will do. So pretty importantly is temperature, and then two is also relative humidity. The signals from these measurements, they're wireless, and there's a couple different ways to connect to them, but they go back to the user on a cell phone app, and they can tell exactly what the real-time in-situ temperature and relative humidity of the concrete is. So that's sort of two of the pillars here, the hardware and then the software. And then third big component uh, I talked about earlier is our concrete sensors uh, testing laboratory. Before concrete's poured, the way that everything can work together is we will test the concrete ahead of time at multiple temperatures, uh, characterize how it cures, and build up a model. And these parameters are in the software then ahead of time before a pour happens. And then the software, the cell phone, it's going to use the real-time in-place temperature and then these pre-measured parameters around the concrete. And it's going to be able to, in real-time, spit out and calculate uh, real-time strength of the concrete. So those are sort of the, the three main pillars that we have. And then we also have a lot of customer service around this, uh, testing mixes for customers and coordinating everything. And, and we really try to make it as easy as possible. For these sensors, it's basically giving you real-time access to a lot of the data. Like you were saying, you could, in real time, calculate the concrete strength or estimate the concrete strength while it's still curing. That's right. And even if on, on some projects where we, you know, strength isn't the most critical, but maybe temperature is, it's cold weather concreting, and you just need to, to monitor making sure that your concrete doesn't freeze in really cold temperatures, the sensors will just work as is. It can give you real-time temperature. Also making sure that, you know, if you've got heating blankets running on your concrete until it gets to a certain strength, you know, being able to characterize that. And then other applications like mass concrete, where you've got um, big structural concrete and often you need to worry about temperature differentials. How does the, the center of the core of that concrete relative to the surface of the concrete? We have some versions of our sensors that 
work still wirelessly, um, but they can go down deeper into big mass pore. So, and that way you can just monitor temperature differentials. And then, like I said before, we can also, with the lab services, directly a strength estimate on it as well. So the benefit of that is versus the all what we typically do is we do like concrete cylinder tests, right? So if you're doing this real-time temperature and whatnot, you can basically test the concrete as it's curing versus doing concrete break tests, right? Yeah, and these are complementary things, right? So if you're pouring concrete cylinders on site, that does a pretty good job of ensuring that the concrete that you expected was delivered. You know, the concrete that the structural engineer specified, it's it's the strength. You order a certain strength from the ready-mix plant. If you want to, you can go through the ready-mix plant submittal, see how it behaved at seven days, 28 days, whatever data it might have. And then as, as trucks show up, you can cast cylinders. And, and as long as sort of those parameters match, you can verify that the proper concrete that you expected was delivered truck after truck. Since it's all gray, sometimes it's hard to tell. So cylinders are a pretty good use of that. Since it's the hydration reaction where you're actually gaining strength and curing, it's temperature dependent. And not only is it temperature dependent, but concrete as it cures, it gives off its own heat. So typical sort of four by eight cylinder in North America, you know, you can imagine on site if then you're pouring an eight inch or 10 inch deck, a big slab, it's generating its own heat. It's going to get hotter and it's going to stay hotter longer. So all that extra heat, it's going to correlate into you're gaining strength faster than that cylinder is. That means are sort of complementary, right? You want to make sure that you use you know, some cylinders to make sure you got what you ordered. And then you can also use sensors in place to figure out what your actual in-place concrete strength is. Because if you're on a project that's moving quickly and say you want to remove forms or shoring after two days or when you hit a certain strength, those cylinders, they're a lagging indicator. They're, they're not telling you the strength of, of what's actually in place. They're going to help you make sure you got the right stuff, but they don't really do a good job of telling you what your in-place strength is. We talked a lot about temperature and relative humidity, and you, I keep hearing this discussion around concrete maturity. Can you dive into what the maturity method is and really explain what that means for our audience? So this idea of concrete maturity, it's a way to pull back on prescribed days of curing. So for instance, if a structural engineer on a spec on a building says, we need to get to this strength at 28 days. Yes, that's important in the long run. But if you're, say, a contractor and you know, you're know you interested in taking action on removing your forms or, or moving quickly on a project at two or three days, well, these are different timeframes and they mean different things. Maturity helps you to understand that the temperature profile of the concrete is going to mean that at different temperatures, you cure at different rates, you develop strength at different rates. And the whole game with maturity methods is sort of any set of models that allow you to specifically measure your in-place temperature, and then you run it through your model and it gives you a different in-place strength. And it's not just based on real time, right? If I batch some concrete, it's say cylinders, and I batch six of them, I put two in a freezer, two at room temperature, and two in an oven. After a week, they're going to have different strengths. It's chemical reaction. So maturity is a way to understand how temperature affects strength gain over time. Jake, so it looks like the maturity method 
there's a lot of it has to do with the temperature and the temperature that it's experiencing in real time. And I'm sure there's, you know, cycles day and night, depending on where you're located. And the maturity method, it looks like it takes that into account instead of just seven day, 28 days. Is that correct? That's right. So I don't really want to get too deep into the math on audio podcasts because I don't think anybody wants to hear me talk through equations. But I just want to say that there's a couple common functions that are used around maturity methods. You might hear Nersal or Arrhenius or equivalent age or linear. Those are on the standards. There's also plenty more in the literature as well. And I don't want to get into it because I think not only does it get confusing, but it, it misses the point. The point is, you know, maturity functions, they help map how real-time temperature changes correlate to real-time strength changes. And when would you use this or when would you want to use this maturity method on a project? Anytime that you're interested in leveraging the fact that if you've ever walked on, on a site, you know, soon after they poured concrete, it's pretty warm. It gets warm. So it's a way to actually leverage that, that heat of hydration, that concrete, it's getting hotter and it's staying hotter than, than those cylinders as they're poured. That means reactions are happening. Your chemistry of, of hydration is happening. So you're curing faster than those cylinders. So if you're on a big project, say it's a high rise and you want to just tighten up your cycle. So remove forms, remove shoring, move to the next level faster you can actually leverage the fact that that in-place concrete, it got hotter, it's curing faster than cylinders, and you can move faster. So it's a way to really use that temperature that what you have and know how your concrete's behaving and tighten up schedules. That's one use of it. Another way to think about it is sensors don't make your concrete get stronger faster. All we're trying to do is give the information to any interested parties of what the concrete's actually doing. So if it's really cold weather, you also want to know that, that your concrete might not be as strong. Say you're pouring in the middle of winter and you get a cold spell and maybe your reference cylinders that you had, they went back to the lab after one day, but it's three days and it's been freezing outside. Sensors can help you, you know, know what your strength is. So that's sort of, uh, you know, the opposite side of the coin where you've got your in places is maybe not nearly as strong as what your cylinders are. So Anytime that quick turns, moving faster, and then just knowing the data, how is your concrete actually curing in real time? That's such a, a great picture as to how this is so realistic and so relevant to the job site itself and to the project itself. Which project types, which applications, is there any place where this technology is really most impactful and where you see it's being used most often? We see it a lot on Big projects, a lot of floors, you're using the same mixer two repeatedly. So, you know, we see it used on PT decks where they want to stress quick turns at every day or so, knowing what it is, how your concrete's carrying it, and moving on. So we see it a lot there. That's a pretty prominent one for strength, for sure. Anytime removing formwork, there's all sorts of just, you know, even without maturity method, uh, just using sensors for temperature. It's really easy to do that, just uh, knowing what your actual in-place temperature is. Even without going to that next step of the in-place strength, temperature, knowing what it is, it gives the contractors a lot of power on site versus just we pour the concrete and then nobody knows when anything's going to be ready. You're planning to do the next step on the project and you need to hit a target strength. Say you had to get to 3,500 PSI to do something. If you were maybe using conventional cylinders and you called your lab and they broke and maybe they had low breaks there, 
what do you do then? You can't do that next critical step. When do you order your next breaks? Do you order them tomorrow? Do you order them a few hours from now? With sensors, not only do we expect you to get to strength a little bit faster, particularly in the first one, two, three days where your concrete's still pretty warm. Say you're not at strength yet. You can see it. The, the sensors, they update you know, a few times an hour. So you're getting more data points in real time. I'm thinking of uh, in-field perspective, the contractor, you guys have sensors out there. So the concrete sensors are there to supplement the traditional concrete testing that's typically done, correct? Partly. I'm not advocating, and I don't think anybody would, that you forego cylinders entirely. You know, the structural engineer needs that on record, that at 28 days, you know, you hit your target strength. So cylinders certainly have their place. Like I said, they cylinders do a really good job of quality control, making sure you get what you expected. They also can be helpful at other times in the project. But if you want to break a cylinder at day three and it's at a certain temperature and your deck is way hotter and it's been hotter, then you better believe that they're not indicative of the same strength. So part of using maturity method is not just trusting that the sensors work entirely. You know, we do the testing, we put a lot of work into it, but also part of it is you need to verify that the concrete that shows up has a potential to get to the strength that you expected. One thing you can do is when you're casting whatever cylinders you might need on a project, take two extras, put put a sensor in each one, and then have those live with your set of, of cylinders. Go back to the lab. When you break a cylinder at day two, the an instrumented cylinder should also read just about the same strength. So you can prove that, hey, the sensors are working. Here's at least one check for the cylinders that I have. And then you can have some confidence that when your sensors at the same time are in a deck that show you that your in-play strength is, is quite a bit stronger than what your reference cylinders are or your lab cylinders, you can trace it back. You can see the temperature difference and, and really show that temperature differences correlate to strength differences. You're giving us a lot of really good information about how this technology can can complement some of the cylinders that are being broken on the job site and and the different um, combinations, I guess, in which engineers and contractors can decide to use this new technology. Where does this fit in the code? This doesn't have to be an on-top additional service that's done on top of the existing cylinders that are being done. How does this fit into the code? Does this meet some code requirements? How can we reduce the amount of duplication of effort while being able to utilize technology to be faster on the job site. This actually does fit into the code. So ACI 301, uh, the specification for structural concrete, it does include a maturity method as an allowed way to estimate in-play strength. So it is built in the code, ASTM document describing the method. It's ACI C1074 goes into depth about what the technique is. And um, it's an improved method by ACI for building code. It's allowed, and I think as the industry gets more you know, comfortable using technologies, you're just going to see this more and more, you know, ways to leverage data on how your project's actually performing in real time. I know the maturity method has been around for quite a few decades, maybe like the early 1980s or so. Is this something that we've leveraged in different ways, or is with the increased access to technology and smartphones and all these different devices that kind of allow us to amplify the maturity method on the job site. Have we really not seen it until now? Or how has the adoption of the maturity method and these different technologies kind of happened over the years? Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of the underpinning science has been around for a long time, I think dating back to um, the 1950s. I know quite a bit of work was done in the 80s. And I think that's when um, ACI and ACM started to take note of it. 
a couple challenges from the technology side is collecting the in-place temperature data, making things wireless certainly didn't really exist uh, four decades ago. Ease of just dealing with the data. Really, one of the biggest ones would have been doing the calculations themselves, right? So if you're out in the field in the 80s, you didn't have a smartphone. I mean, really, calculators were four or six function at the time. So if you want to do these calculations, if you're an engineer out in the field, you want to do this calculation, you're probably using a slide rule to do it. And you're probably updating at every point as you get a new temperature measurement and you can go through the work. So the analysis would have been straightforward, but to actually do it in real time, I think would have been a huge challenge. These days, if you can connect to the sensors wirelessly, it goes to your phone. Your phone does all the calculations. I mean, you know, basically math is free now. So I think that's the biggest technological hurdle to get there. And then the other one is just adoption in the industry. Construction is has been slow to, to take up new technologies. And uh, this is one of the ways that we're starting to see more and more projects just adopt more data. The more data you have, the, the more you can do with it. Jake, you made a fantastic point about how technology really hasn't caught up with this maturity method. And even though the maturity method has been around for several decades, it really couldn't be implemented in a feasible manner on the job site that would be time effective and a good use of technology and of that method. We always talk about how the construction industry tends to lag behind (laughs) some of these technology evolutions that we keep seeing that are shaping other industries in a much more rapid way. And I'm excited to see that this technology of concrete sensors is finally kind of making traction in our industry. How do you see it affecting the construction industry currently? And how do you envision it might evolve what we do in the future? We have the technology now to be able to just have a a more sophisticated job site with porn. If you know what your temperature and the strength is of the concrete in real time, you can plan accordingly. You can make sure that the crews to move the next step are on site when the concrete's ready. You know, you're not, if you get a little break, you don't have a crew waiting around not doing anything. You can also, you know, move faster in cases when your in-place strength is there, right? So on a big project, if you can save a day per floor, you can imagine you can potentially save quite a bit of time over a big project. So just knowing how your concrete's curing, that's there. And that we're there to help with that today. I think in the future, there's all sorts of other questions to be asked, right? So if we know that different concretes, they, they're affected by temperature differently. This is you know, what my lab does. You put different chemicals in it and the temperature sensitivity of that mix changes. You swap out cement with slag or fly ash and how the temperature behavior of that concrete changes. I think in the future, there's going to be even more thought put into what am I ordering from my concrete supplier? What's the ready mix plant delivering? How do we expect that to behave ahead of time? Also, just sort of knowing what your concrete is, what are you ordering? You know, sometimes you might order a 4,000 PSI mix from the ready mix plant. Well, even at room temperature, sort of cylinders, they're regularly getting to seven or 8,000 PSI, right? So, you know, some of the labels around concrete, there's room for just some more sophistication around it. What is this particular mix design? What does this recipe actually mean? How, what should I expect for behavior at 28 days? At what should I expect for behavior at one day? I think it's really a way to open up the window and, and start thinking more critically about what is your concrete. What you said was spot on. I mean, I'm just thinking about the technology since, yeah, we have all this technology and the construction industry usually lags behind, but I think this brings up a lot of what you were saying in terms of 
take advantage of the data. We have the technology now. And like you're implying, there's a lot of things that we can open up. That makes sense to me is like, why are we using all these other test methods when we have like real-time access to how the concrete's actually curing and and the strength of it and the different properties? The technology is there and gets cheaper and cheaper as our the more our technology advances. So I think you make a great point. And yeah, I'm just thinking about stuff like maybe not just concrete sensors, but all sorts of sensors. I'm just imagining back in grad school, kind of going off on a tangent here, but earthquake sensors or like smart buildings. Like I think that brings up a whole conversation about that and where the technology could go. So <laughs> I won't open that kind of worms up, but you know, there's like a lot of things that we could talk about in terms of technology and what even just concrete sensors like you're producing, you know, I've never thought about that. So I just wanted to thank you, Jake, for bringing that up. That's a really interesting topic and something that I didn't really know existed either. So that's really opened up my eyes. So I really appreciate it. And thanks for coming on. Yeah, happy to be here. And, uh, you know, if there's um, more questions about it, you can get in touch with me um, and our team. Uh, we've got a great team. Uh, get in contact at concretesensors at hilti.com. Awesome. We'll put that in the links below too. So thanks again. Thanks, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. To leave them, please visit structuralengineeringchannel.com. There, you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, which is episode number 44, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during today's discussion. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you tune in to your podcasts. Until next time, we wish you the best in all of your structural engineering endeavors. The Structural Engineering Channel podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network. The opinions on the show are those of the hosts and guests, not their employers. For information on EMI's people and project management skills training programs for civil engineering professionals, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.